Hey guys, hope you are all well. Welcome back to the Content Creator Podcast, the podcast that helps content creators create and uh, grow their business, grow their brand and uh, grow their profiles on whatever platforms and marketing strategies it is that they are employing. And uh, every week, every episode, I get my favorite content creators onto the show. I uh, pester them, I annoy them, and then I eventually persuade them to uh, to come on board to uh, take up some of their very valuable time and uh, share some thoughts, share some, share some insight, share some experiences, what works well, what doesn't work well on uh, whatever platform or marketing strategy it is that they are uh, employing. And uh, today we have Mr. Ed Lawrence, a uh, fantastic content creator of the uh, Business Film Booth. You will find him on YouTube and uh, he's done, I mean, predominantly YouTube actually, um, as well as, as whilst he is busy on other platforms, he has done tremendously well in growing his uh, YouTube channel. And so we pick his brains for uh, a deep dive into the tube into youtube and uh yeah a fantastic episode i really really hope this brings some uh, some value and uh yeah any questions that you may have any uh things that you would like to see answered or guests that you would like to have on make sure you drop them in the comments below but in the meantime i uh, really hope you enjoy this episode please like comment share subscribe if you're listening or watching on youtube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and in the meantime i shall uh, see you soon and hope you enjoy this episode Hello, mate. How are we doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I appreciate being able to um, waste some of your time, some of your uh, your precious time in your afternoon to pick your brains. Um, I will start... Or Wasting time is one of my specialities. <laughs> yeah, mine too, mate. Mine too, exactly. And you'll soon find that out when you get to the end of this, uh, this podcast. But um, instead of me trying to uh, introduce you, I think you will do it best. So, yeah, back to the, the 80s game show theme what's your name what do you do where you're from all that good stuff cool so my name is ed lawrence i own a production company in hertfordshire called business film booth and we also have a youtube channel we're very proactive on we put three videos a week on our youtube channel channel teach people how to make videos and grow a youtube channel and so on and i also work with influencers to help them sort of monetize their following and i have a small startup animation business that sells graphics game drop graphics to creators just to make their content look a little bit better people who haven't got you know a lot of money to spend on great editing software can just put these in easily so that's what i spend most of my time doing i'd say most of my time at the moment though is spent on just growing a youtube channel which is great fun love it it certainly is it certainly is well the next question you lead me very on nicely on uh, very nicely on to is how did you get started in video and um probably a little bit more specifically on YouTube. I got started a video when I was like 10, just mucking around with my dad's camcorders. And uh, it was like on a tape and we used to film each other in the garden, like make stupid films up. Didn't have a battery. Uh, we used to have like a ghetto blaster playing for a soundtrack in the background. Didn't have any, any editing software. So we used to hit record and then pause and then rewind back a bit to try and, you know, watch what we just done and then try and pause to line up the cut. So that was my first touch on it. Um, I used to own a lawn care company when I left school. I started a business and I sort of did that for 10 years and I just hated it. And I managed to sell it and get out. And during that time, I used to have winters off. So every time I went on holiday, I'd basically make a video about the trip. Like basically, it was a vlog now, except when I did it back then, everyone thought it was super weird. I used to get mocked a lot for walking around like Namibia, talking to a camera or Japan. And that kind of got me into video and then... We went to a beach club in Marbella and 
I, I had a GoPro on a selfie stick, which my friends named the Nerd Pole because they weren't a thing back then. And all these sort of doled up pe- Essex people with their six packs walking around pouting. And I was there filming myself. And uh, yeah, I edited it together. The club mm-hmm. found it, shared it. It got like 13,000 views in a day. And I was like, wow. oh, maybe I'll just do this for a business. <laughs> so I went and bought wow. all the kit. And I just said, I make videos now. And weirdly, I was watching one of my first videos I made for a client earlier. I don't actually think it's that bad. So I went from there and then I teamed up with my business partner. We met at a networking event and we basically just started putting people in front of the camera, in front of a plain background and asking them questions about their business, making lots of short presented content. And that was about six years ago now, I think. I think we've done about 12,000 videos now. Um, Started to lose count. We We had them all on a system, but we had to delete some. So now we're just guessing. But we've done a lot of content in the last six years, so that's kind of my journey to video. It's been an it's been an adventure. Yeah, to say to say the least, that's mad. Twelve thousand. That's mad. I was trying to work it out the other day how long uh, or how many sorry videos that I must have done. Probably do, if you if I was exporting like an average of three a day, I think I'd worked it out around about the three or four thousand video yeah. mark, which is just it's insane, isn't it? <laughs> you don't, well, you insane. won't realize. I mean, I've, I I make at least three hundred videos a year for my own marketing at least um so a lot of them are me <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of it's self, selfish content clients. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well that was to pay us <laughs> yeah exactly it's the same for me like on the i've got the winter media stuff the affinity racing thing now the drum channel was where I, I started so like there's so many videos especially if you're doing a youtube video you edit a version for instagram version for facebook the different end card or whatever and yeah it soon adds up let alone yeah, the amount of videos add up but the amount of time that you've spent it soon adds up and and your time as a whole dwindles away pretty quickly <laughs> when you yeah when you I think uh, i don't have much time left now it's yeah spent videoing. Ex- exactly <laughs> when you think video is a good idea um yeah i'd look at your diary first <laughs> look at you look <laughs> yeah. at you look at your calendar and have a bit of perspective um so for anybody who hasn't seen your youtube channel yet or um came across any of your content if you could give a brief description as it is now the kind of content that you're producing for uh for your youtube channel and then if you want to you're more than welcome to tie that into any kind of purpose and strategy and reasoning behind that or ideas and thoughts yeah, behind sure. it so the, we the the youtube channel kind of started because i was so fed up with linkedin facebook instagram and i knew that all of them eventually were just going to end up with no reach which is amusing because it's pretty much what's happened and LinkedIn's going that way now. It just can't help it. If loads of people flood to a platform, that's fine. Whereas YouTube is not based on reach in the same way. You can always get traffic through search and then get reached and so on. So I just thought, you know, what's, what do I think the future for video is? And there was only one platform that looked like the future of video. And that was the only platform that is specifically for people who want to watch videos. No one's going to YouTube to watch stuff with subtitles on. They want the full video experience. And when that's what you do, that makes sense to go there, right? And make videos. So we had a 10 year plan. We said, look, where are the decision makers of tomorrow now? So, you know, the people in their sort of late twenties in 10 years time, who you know, they've been following someone and they're in a marketing role. Let's look, let's target them. Super long-term mm-hmm. thinking um, with three videos a week about growing a YouTube channel and making videos and presenting everything that you really need to make YouTube work. So that, was on January 2016th, that'll be two years. Um, I have a, a compound interest calculator that my theory was we started with like 380 subscribers, which we'd been 
picked up randomly through not really doing YouTube properly. Yeah. And if I grew 6% a month for the next 10 years, we'd hit half a million. So I have a graph and it tells me every month how many subscribers I need to be on to be on target. And if that number gets a bit too low, then I need to react, start doing more PR, work out a new strategy. And it just puts, you know, it, it, it puts a boot up your ass to make sure that you're actually moving in the right direction. So with that in mind, three yeah. videos a week is quite a lot. <laughs> so our strategy is a lot of the time just trying to keep up with, you know, what, what, what questions can we answer with video? Mm. And we've answered a lot, but there's always more topics that I can cover. So I have a strategy of search, which is a long-term sort of compounding effect, which I just mentioned. So we answer search terms like how to grow a YouTube channel, or it could be something like how to edit a YouTube video after you've uploaded. And that might bring in, you know, 10 views to start, but that could build up and bring in 3000 views a day. And you have lots of videos doing this on your channel and that's how you grow a channel, but you can also get views through suggested views and people discovering on the homepage, um, which is a strategy I've just started incorporating a bit more now because it's slightly different the way you make the content and the way you present it. And that's kicking in nicely. And since I've started it, it's doubled our subscriber intake in one month. Wow. So I'm quite excited to see how that goes on with. So there's a lot of strategies it's it's youtube's kind of like start see what works do more of that keep going there's no real right or wrong strategy to start most people could start off targeting search terms like we did especially in the business sense but it doesn't mean it's the right one to stick with throughout yeah so there's no real out of the box strategy i'm afraid but the kind of is though <laughs> for a 10 year for a 10 year plan that's pretty um yeah, never mind out of the box i think that's for against a lot of people probably thinking outside of the box as well to be fair because um that's that that is pretty mental but then also very like it just makes perfect sense actually why wouldn't you think in in that kind of long well i thought i thought long term of like you know i'm not worried about what happens over the next two three four five years but to then actually plan that far in advance of 10 years that's um that's blew my mind a little bit that that is uh well fair play the thing is you know growing an audience is is now harder than it's been for a long time mm -hmm. You know, everyone's online but actually you get more attention with mail now and cold calling because at least you can guarantee someone's looking yeah a lot of what happens online you know I, how much video do you actually watch on linkedin of other people personally i watch very little uh, you know i don't really engage with much not much mm -hmm. that interests me on there um well, youtube okay. is a different experience where it only really shows me what i care about not what some random recruitment company is telling me about the latest recruitment stats because <laughs> yeah. an engagement pod has has jammed it full and, and made it work so yeah i think marketing has to be long term i think if you if you're going to start doing something you need to be thinking about doing it in five years maybe 10 years time otherwise it's just not going to get the traction that you want it to um and it's only getting harder yes yeah, yeah. Ab more abs more absolutely platforms are getting busier. absolutely absolutely that's um that's bloody good points, that mate. Bloody good points. Valuable content. This we're moving forward. We're moving forward. <laughs> it's um, amazing how many times I go on shows and stuff and say ten years, and they're always like, "Wow, that makes mm. a lot of sense." But it's kind of scary, and it's like, "Well, I don't know what's going to happen in the next ten years?" Yeah, so who knows? Yeah, well, journey, this but... is this is it. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, ten years is is like I say, it's even blew my mind a bit, and I thought I thought long term. Um, but it's it's very much the opposite of a lot of um, clients or perhaps people that think I'm going to start a YouTube channel because they see, I don't know, Logan Paul, who I've just seen on a video call now, Conor McGregor. Was it Logan or Jake Paul? One of them. Um, 
see people like that and think, oh, well, he makes, you know, 20 million a year just posting videos. I think I'll do the same. Um, and think that it's like a matter of weeks. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and exactly even, even, any, platf- any platform that is, by the way, as well, like Facebook, Instagram, they think, oh, well, yeah. it's just, or LinkedIn. Um, and and I try and like pull that away from like, you know, a two week, <laughs> a two week mindset to maybe got at least think two months, uh, preferably two years. But yeah, to to pull that uh, well, I think to up to 10 is, is awesome. The problem is when people explode and become famous on a platform, it's because they put in... T- 10 years of hard work, mm-hmm. which then makes them blow up. And again, they all compound. So if we use an influencer I work with in August, her Instagram following was 60,000. She's just hit 160,000 this week. Wow. So she had the data, she analyzed it, she changed the content, yeah. she started picking up a thousand followers a day. And then as you get bigger, it gets easier. You just mm-hmm. get more and more traction. Mm-hmm. You get past this point where you move. But to get there, it's like pushing a boulder up the hill. You get to the top and you can let it roll down if you've got all the systems in place Absolutely. and it'll just pick up steam. Yeah. So that's the bit everyone sees. What they don't see yeah. is, you know, the person who's been analyzing data for 10 years, trying to work out what works and really just spending their life on something. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something we try to show. <laughs> yeah, 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 Ab- absolutely. I mean, one of the questions, I, I want to get in- into it. Um, I'll ask a few more beforehand, but is how you actually come about or, or manage to create so much content because it does actually blow my mind uh, a, a little bit. But um, yeah, you've already answered what attracted you to YouTube or what kind of pushed you over there. Um, YouTube as a platform then, what do you think uh, is the benefits? You've kind of already answered it to be fair, but to, to sum up, what do you think the benefits are you of YouTube as a platform? Whether that is solely being on YouTube or having it tie into to other platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn and, and all the rest of it. Okay, so I'll I talk about the way I think, you know, businesses and personal brands should use it. If you want to make video, that's where you put it because 80% of mobile video is watched with subtitles, which means no one's watching video. They're reading your video and they're reading your video slower than they can read a blog article. So everyone says no one's watch reading anything anymore. It's just not true. They're just reading videos. And if you put comedy and fun and editing and timing into your content, I specifically don't subtitle my videos because I don't want people to not have the experience. So wow, okay. I go to YouTube first because I know that's where people want to watch your video. That's mm-hmm. the main benefit that it is the place people want that content. They don't just want to waste their time scrolling down a wall. People have a purpose on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Second reason is, like I said, search, you can compound things. And as long as you have patience, it will work for anyone over a 10 year period, better than anything else I can really think of. You then get suggested views. So you can go viral. YouTube can put your content out to people. You can also rank your videos on Google. So lots of our traffic comes from Google. I didn't even mean to put it there. It just ranks, you know, and and the ultimate top ranking on Google isn't a blog post. It's a video. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. They're huge. They take up right at the top. So we have videos that do that. So you can rank videos in multiple places on Google, which brings you more traffic and you get the suggested views. And also YouTube will pay you to be there. So we make money um, through our marketing. Mm-hmm. which is again, you know, it, it, not right now, I think we get about $400 a month, but next year I expect that to hit a thousand and near after that, I'm hoping it will get more like to four or $5,000 a month. So, wow. you know, yeah. it's a good client just sitting there paying us to market to then get more business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. Like, uh, yeah, the, I mean the YouTube monetization side, I don't know if you've seen the, the clip, um, but I will bore you with the story just for, uh, 
probably my benefit more than anything else. But the mon- the monetization horror story that I have is that when I, I very first set up, I got up, uh, I passed the thousand subscribers and the the threshold. Got the notification. You can now monetize your channel. Be accepted the partner program thing. It's like right, awesome. So I clicked site uh, to sign in for and set up the Google. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? AdSense uh, account. Um, and Google, you know when you, you know when you're one of those unorganized people like me who have a million different Google Chrome uh, or uh, Google Chrome accounts, and it auto signs you into the wrong one every single time as it does yeah. with my emails on every single one. Well, it had only gone and signed me into a, to a previous one that I'd that I'd you know never used a per old personal one for ages, and it signed me in automatically to that, and I just did not realize password in email, confirm email, da 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 da, da all the rest of it. Um, not only did I put my email address in wrong um, and uh, and missed out one of the letters, I also then confirmed the email by making the exact same spelling mistake. Um, so they could never, ver- so for two years, basically, they could not verify my AdSense account because it was obviously being yeah. sent to an email. And then when I'm trying to sign back in, I'm like, oh, why is it not working? Like it's going into the YouTube dashboard, haven't verified your account. Like, why is it not working? Going to sign in, we do not recognize this email address because I've never created an account with my actual email address. It was with an old one, not realizing. <laughs> yeah, so I've for done two years, yeah, for two years. Oh, you've done it as well. Well, there you go. I'm not the only I'm one. Not on, not on the AdSense, but I've done it in Google. Oh, you... just yeah. horrendous, isn't it? So for two years, basically, I missed out on a million views worth of monetized um, content well, on, the, on, the, drum, on the drum you. channel. No, I could, I I can't remember why it was exactly, but I couldn't. Well, no, 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 it oh. didn't because I I wasn't I wasn't um there was no ads running on it because I hadn't I hadn't actually set up and been verified or accepted and switched the monetization on on those channels. So people were watching the yeah. videos. Obviously, there was no adverts being shown on them for about a year and a half, two years. Um, so that if is it makes you feel any better. Go on. Were you listen? <laughs> were you drumming over any music tracks or anything? No, 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 no. Uh, okay. They, it was it yeah. was literally it was full to be monetized monetizable uh, oh. content. Yeah, I. And when I were, obviously the the numbers are never exact because it's it depends on the type of audience and whatnot, as you will know probably even better than me. Yeah, th- th- they're showing them too. But I'd worked out. I mean, what a million views probably anywhere the the estimate was between two and six grand. I think so. Yeah, I was a bit gutted about that. Yeah, that sounds but, about right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Let's do it again. Uh, you're saying you say never mind, but yeah, exactly. So I mean, six thousand pounds this year would have came in pretty handy. I can tell you that for nothing. So uh, yeah, but yeah. So that was my um, horror story with the monetization. Um, so there we are. One for the one for the one subscriber to enjoy that one. Um, so yeah, you <laughs> mentioned benefits as a platform. Why do you think then? You've again kind of already answered this, but um, people should maybe say start focusing on YouTube if they haven't already. And how do you think they should go about building that into or involving that into a strategy on, on other platforms? Uh, or, sure. Sorry, including, so, including other platforms, sorry. So you've probably noticed the problem, and that is that it's a 10-year strategy and that the average business owner isn't going to want to do that or the average marketing person needs to show results quicker than three or four years. Mm-hmm. So the strategy is YouTube first, repurpose in other ways, but also to create what I call a personality portfolio. So a lot of the content we make for our YouTube channel, we don't make for search, we don't make it suggested, we expect it to get very few views. We make it because it answers our prospects questions and it's actually very useful to use in quotes or when someone has inquired to use it as part of a sales process. 
So there's a way of making a quick return. Someone's run up, they've got this problem, they wanna use video for it. At the end of the call, I say like, thanks for the chat, check out this video, it's really gonna help. And then just starts to build credibility straight away. Mm -hmm. So you can start using your content in a more proactive way that isn't mass views straight away. Mm -hmm. And also when you have a lot of content that you know is working, you can use it as a weapon to push people towards. They can, you can, they can meet you and build rapport and so on. So a typical journey for our YouTube content is we need to be on other platforms too. I kind of repackage it into a square for LinkedIn, put it on our Instagram, put it on our Facebook. I'm totally honest. I don't know much on any of them. LinkedIn, it works quite well on, um, but just turning up every day. I don't know how many people actually watch what I put up because it is quite long and it's more for LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But what I have noticed is I'm just there all a lot and people think I'm always posting and spending a lot of time on LinkedIn. Truth is I'm not. I'm on there about five minutes, three times a week. <laughs> right, yeah, wow. Okay. And I just put my video up and leave and I might comment on some other people's stuff and so on, but that usually brings in comments. So you can use it for other plat platforms for awareness because our goal is to build a following and then to monetize that following in other ways from YouTube they're kind of secondary but for most people in marketing if you look at your sales funnel and you look at awareness and consideration and all these factors you can make video to fit every section and then you can start being clever with how you use it in your email automation on your website like i said just sending to prospects but um yeah sometimes when you do that you just have to accept they're not going to be big big winners on youtube which doesn't really matter because at the end of the day you're just trying to market a business and, and pick up new clients um but also if you're like a freelancer, like I've had some amazing results with this, just on using Upwork where you, you apply for jobs that are like, you know, someone wants to, uh, teach, you know, teach how to set up a studio or something, or, you know, uh, someone, someone messaged the other day, I can't remember what it was about. It was quite a big budget they had. Um, and I just said, look, I know what it's like being on Upwork. When you apply for work, you get bombarded with messages. I'm not going to say anything else. Here's three videos that answer your questions. Just reply if you want to have a chat. And they came right. back to me pretty quick. In fact, they always do because I'm helping straight away and they get to meet. So it's very good mm. for building rapport and so on. But the most important thing really is to have a strategy of some kind, which helps to generate money or, you know, leads or whatever is your target alongside your much long term your much more long-term yeah. vision because mm -hmm. um, you'll give up otherwise because it's hard <laughs> yeah hard i would probably say is a bit of an understatement would you <laughs> it's not as hard as it, i mean now it's i don't find it hard at all um it's been tricky in places yeah but yeah once you've got systems and processes in place it speeds up a lot yeah yeah absolutely i think that's the biggest thing i think um to to sidestep a little bit as well um one of the client that i was talking to yesterday i i was trying to get him out of the habit that I fall into every time. So I mentioned like the affinity racing thing that I've just set up the drum channel, which is uh, as much as a full-time thing as, as this is, as winter media is. And I sit there and I go like, I've got all these ideas for episodes and whatnot. And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly the same as what you're doing there. I go, I want to like three episodes a week. I want all the micro content. I want all of this. I want all of that. And before I know it, I'm trying to then cram like 400 hours into the three days that I try and put to a week in, you, you know, content creation um so like in, t in terms of starting for what i was saying to to the client yesterday i was like and i, I saw this video on um a, a video on youtube it was talking about going to the gym or like why, why uh new year's resolutions and all that sort of stuff don't work and it's like because people will go i want to go to the gym five days a week whereas if they actually say i'm going to start by going to the gym one day a week and then when that becomes achievable build on that 
um, instead of yeah. trying to go with the facts. Because as soon as, and I'm like that, I go, I go four days a week or whatever the plan is that I always have a new, a new plan that I think this is going to be the one that I'll be able to stick to. Um, and then I miss like one of the five days and then I go, oh, that's it. Right. I'll write this week off and I'll start it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like very easy to fall into that. So the client I was talking to yesterday was exactly the same. He's like, oh, I want to do like five episodes a week. It'd be easily done. And I'm like, it is easily done with the, the type of videos that he's wanting to do. Um, but I was like, yeah, try and be realistic. Build on it from one a week. Do you know what I mean? And then like have the momentum yeah, going and assign more time. There's a people have been told more is the option. And mm. it is. And if you can make it quality and more, but it, it's very hard to do that. Yeah. So just do less. <laughs> but more quality and then work out how to repackage it yeah like you do with your podcast it's yeah, yeah 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 mm-hmm. but I, I think you know the, the biggest problem with video isn't really video it's marketing mm-hmm. um, and that's what people need to sort of get their head around before they look at video so uh, that's what i've noticed over the last few years anyway yeah makes sense absolutely um the the first question as we well transition not transition but yeah move on to a bit of a uh, thing around strategy a smooth transition a smooth transition well it wasn't because i've mucked it up now haven't i, I haven't even managed to, to link that up well but what, what i was gonna say was uh, i was gonna the next question in this was was around like the youtube strategy side was going to be how can people grow their channel i think you've pretty much summed that up already um and you've kind of answered the next one in fact actually you've answered probably like the whole next section but we'll we'll run we'll run back through them anyways what strategies for you personally in your business have you seen working really well? We'll maybe say in the last like few months as YouTube, um, of course, and other platforms have started to, to change a little bit. Um, you can possibly tie that into the YouTube shorts, which you've done a video on the other day as well. And yeah. kind of how you think YouTube might so, be evolving a, a, as well. It's, well, at, at the moment, it's in a place where it, it could be, look drastically different in 18 months time mm-hmm. because like Instagram, it's been freaked out by how popular TikTok is. And to give you an idea of how popular TikTok is, the average mobile user spends 52 minutes a day on it. Now, mobile users spend 40 minutes on YouTube. Mm. But if you think about it, content on TikTok's like a maximum of a minute. Mm -hmm. So they're watching way more in that time frame on YouTube, where YouTube, they push longer content. So Instagram has reacted with Instagram reels pretty much just ripped off TikTok completely and put it on. And now if you look on the Instagram app, Reels is the center button. It is the button they want you to push the most right next to the shopping one, which is going to change the platform a lot soon as well. Yeah. So they're either finding it's working or they're worried still and they're trying to get a result. And YouTube has reacted with something called YouTube Shorts, which again is TikTok on YouTube. There's no point denying it. Literally. Can't really access it yet anywhere in the world apart from India. And over there, they have the proper kind of testing app. So you can add text and effects and music like you can with TikTok to YouTube in these shorts. Now, they've allowed the, less, the rest of the world to access this where you can film a video vertical on a phone or on a camera, upload it and put hashtag shorts in the title. And that then gives it the opportunity to go on what's called the short shelf is an awful name. And <laughs> yeah. it puts the video on your YouTube channel, like a regular video. And if the watch time and the engagement's good enough, it ends up in this place called the short shelf where it seems to get tested a lot more. And that is a different experience. You basically go click on a video and then you end up inside TikTok almost where you're scrolling down and people are going from 22 subscribers to 8,000 getting 4 million views just like that because they're getting so much traction and YouTube pushing these shorts 
So if something's working, they're going crazy. But it's almost like the, the good old days of YouTube where you go on it and you'd be like, what on earth are they suggesting next? Yeah. So <laughs> it all seems a bit crazy. Yeah. But right now, you know, uh, the biggest reach opportunity out there is shorts. Mm. It's nothing. I'm not seeing anything else. Like TikTok's reach has come down a lot in the last year. since yeah. Pre-pandemic, it was crazy. So that's kind of how the platform's changing. They're testing it. There's nothing to say it's going to stick. It's just with Instagram. Like IGTV is awful. There's nothing to say that Reels will just not become another IGTV, but they're giving yeah. it a really good chance. And they don't have any choice. Because if you think there's 24 hours in a day, if the average TikTok user is spending almost an hour on it, they haven't got time for anything else. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're fighting for our time a lot more than we probably imagine. And they want mm. us to stay and just give us addictive content. So that's what we're going to start to see pop up, whether or not it becomes like two platforms in one, who knows whether or not they start getting people to just go to short content. Cause you know, if someone yeah. watches 80 videos in 50 minutes, it's better than five in 40. That's 80 potential ad views as well. So mm -hmm. YouTube could make a lot more money. So that's the thing to look at and test for your own channel right now. But it's also a case of tests. You know, don't assume this is going to be the same in six months. It could change a lot. And then underneath that, it's still, the good old same YouTube. And there's, there's many strategies. Like I've spoken to you about the uh, search one, you mentioned other strategies I might be using. Um, I've currently been experimenting with something called browse features. So you get traffic from multiple sources on YouTube, search, suggested views, like the ones down the side, end screens, the videos that show up at the end, cards, you know, yeah. people leaving links and descriptions, and it tracks all that and it shows you where all your traffic's coming from one called browse features which is basically the home page when people land on youtube right okay and it's a different way of positioning your content to get in there and suggested views than it is in search so say for example i make a video called called how to grow your channel it's very matter of fact there'll be a thumbnail image with it how to grow your channel and you might find that a lot of people click on that in the search result because it's so obvious what it is and it answers their question but if I put that in front of you on your YouTube homepage, the second you land there and you don't really care about how to grow your channel, you don't click on it. Mm. So if I change the thumbnail image to say why you why you can't grow your channel. And then the title is how to grow a channel. You tend to find you start to get more interaction and longer watch times from people discovering it on the homepage, which then means YouTube shows a lot more people. So unfortunately, it's pretty much always reacting to FOMO to get there. And that's what you see do well on YouTube. It's money and fear of missing out. So by testing this theory, I've, uh, a month ago, I've, we're averaging about 500 subscribers a month. We've shot up to a thousand in the last month just from doing this. And I can see my views from browse features have shot up. So you kind of have to think about making people want to find out more rather than giving them all the answers. But if you just want to do like a search strategy, you don't necessarily need to do this because browse feature views can tail off. Like once it's been shown a load of times, it could die. And if you haven't got the search element with it, it might not keep going and working for you for years. So that's the thing about it. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of different strategies on YouTube. And I mean a lot, and it's all about looking at the data that you've got and if your particular strategy is working to the effectiveness that you want it to. Mm. So I think that answers your question as I, to sort I, of what I'm up to in the future of YouTube. <laughs> Oh, just realised that my camera stopped recording there. Yeah, it uh, yeah, it absolutely, uh, it absolutely does. Okay, in the middle, cool. in the middle of your answer, I managed to 
well, in trying to pick up my can, punch my microphone. So if I don't manage to edit that out, apologies for either the heart attack that I've just gave everyone. And uh, <laughs> potentially, I think, yeah, yeah, I might just I might just leave it in. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, apologies for that. Um, but yeah, no, all good points. I've got nothing more to add because you're the expert on this one. So yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, niche versus broad. We're gonna we're gonna switch things up. Um, moving on, bit of a sidestep. Yeah. In terms of YouTube channels, what do you find? I, I guess it depends as well what you obviously want to create. But say you have a business that's wanting to to grow for whatever reason, do they go? Do they go niche? Do they go broad? There's no kind of right or wrong answer to this, but just your a, a few thoughts either side would be would be interesting. If to you have. look at it, yeah. If you look at it from a business point of view, it depends how boring your topic is. So. Let me give you an example. You're a company that sells slug pellets. What are you going to do? Make loads of videos answering questions on how to make slug pellets. You know, it doesn't work. So you do what's called horizontal thinking. So you look around your topic and you're like, what are people interested in? And then you make videos on how to grow veg, right? Mm -hmm. And then it just happens to be kind of sponsored from it. It's traditional. It's basically how John Deere got their name because when they started, they started like a farmer's magazine. And that grew their brand a lot. It wasn't necessarily about, you know, so much tractors and so on. Got so you. you have to look at your industry and be like, are there people actually looking for my content? So if you are in recruitment, you know, how to get a job is going to have a lot of views and you can probably work out that there's lots of people with lots of questions. If you sell menial, like everyday items like Lou roll, it's like, well, you know, there's not really search terms how to use Lou roll. <laughs> Thank God, there probably is. Right. So over, over this pandemic, with, every, ev with everyone stockpiling it, there probably will be. To be fair, <laughs> well, that's the thing. You would have had a real. You would have. You would have, you would have hit a search trend. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. you can still use YouTube for your business, but you might want to look at your target audience and be like, right, we know that mums buy our Lou roll because it's soft and the kids love it. So let's make stuff about being a mother and parenting and tie it back into the business and so on. So it's better for some uh, businesses than others, but it definitely still has a place for others. The issue with broad and niche is if you're a business, you're often forced into a niche straight away. You, there's no point going broad because you're like, well, I, I make this and I do this and my marketing is this. So that's where I go. If you're not, and it's more of like a personal brand sort of experience or, you know, you're just making stuff for fun. That's where people tend to get stuck because they think, oh, I want to grow a YouTube channel. What do I do it on? I'm interested in so many different things. And everyone always says go niche to start. The problem is if you're going to make YouTube videos for the next 10 years because you want to be a success, you've really got to like the topic like, a lot. You've got to obsess over the topic and you need to find the one that appeals to you the most. So for new channels, I'd say don't go niche. Mm. <laughs> go against everyone else just to be difficult. Go broad until you find that thing that you're like, this is what I like doing. And this is what I like talking about and making about it because you're gonna have to talk about it a lot and then try and niche down within that topic. But there is a real element of you have to love making videos to do this because that's all it is really. You have to have a passion for producing content. If you don't have that or can't afford someone to do it for you, it's not gonna work. But then mm. again, no platform will. <laughs> also, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> also also very true absolutely absolutely um the next one was going to be thoughts and features uh, uh and opportunities around um youtube shorts so as you've guessed we've already answered that one now i'm going to move on because we're going to go to going to go breaking news because i've actually managed to find who my one subscriber is i found the one viewer the one listener of this podcast and it turns out to be a mate of mine called martin holmes who has asked 
And I was going to ask this question as well, so I'm glad it proves that it's providing some sort of value if Martin's also asking. Um, tips on the SEO side of YouTube. And again, I guess you've already touched on uh, all of this. You've been one step ahead on every single question that I've uh, <laughs> that i'm going to be Sorry. asking you quite all right quite all right makes my job i guess a little bit easier um yeah titles tags thumbnails the actual seo side i guess obviously this is um how to to appear in search a little bit better than um than perhaps other other elements but yeah any thoughts tips and and all that 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 good stuff good knowledge that you may have yeah only only knowledge that you want to share though <laughs> <laughs> my biggest tip on <laughs> ranking videos and getting them more seen is to for, forget all about the tags and the titles and all the stuff that you just mentioned to start. Wow. Okay. Until you can make videos hold people's attention. So all YouTube wants to do is show people the best content it can. That's its service it provides. And it very good at working out what's good. Um, so for example, LinkedIn engagement pods can completely, you know, throw content, rubbish content all over the platform, which kind of ruined it for me. Whereas YouTube, you can't fake it. You just need lots of people to watch. If your video is 10 minutes and you can get loads of your average retention rate is 60%, you're probably going to be onto a winner because that will tell YouTube that a lot of people are watching this because retention rate is still quite low on YouTube. So you need to work out how to make content that hooks people and keeps them watching and then makes them want to watch another video. And if you can do that, you build up what's known as watch time and the more watch time you have and the more authority you have and the more videos you have on the same topic when you have worked out your niche, the more likely YouTube is to trust you and then start pushing your content. So unless you're already seeing very good watch times and a lot of engagement, people sharing and telling you that you don't, you know, this channel deserves more subscribers, focus all your effort into getting there and then use your tags and your tiles at the same time. So I tested this the other week and I specifically went after a very uh, competitive search term that was about YouTube shorts. And I have some software that tells me it's really competitive. And I said, my idea was like, I'm going to put so much effort into this video and I'm not going to do any of the real keyword stuff that I usually do. And I'm going to try and rank it yeah. based on watch time, which I did. It took like nine hours to write. I think it was like three or four days just with one video. I didn't sleep. It was epic. <laughs> um, and it ranked and it came in at three, you know, within a few days, it usually takes wow. six months. And it ranked for the one small, very general keyword that I put in there. And that has been a big part of actually helping grow my channel very quickly recently. So I then did another video to explain this. I'm glad it worked because it's what people have always said, but I'd never really believed it enough mm. to put in the effort. So you're better off, you know, work, making your content more detailed than other people, more opinionated, edit it a lot, you know, keep it really fast paced, always changing something new happening. And that is your SEO at the end of the day. Everything else just tells YouTube what category it's in. You can put tags in. Mm. I didn't really do that much. They just, again, tell YouTube what's going on. You can write a bit of a description, maybe like four lines, and try and include your keywords in there. Your title can have keywords. You kind of need to weigh it up and be like, do I want a title that's really matter-of-fact or one that gives people this kind of fear of missing out or intrigue about my video? And then you would tie it up with a thumbnail image that works with your title. So the thumbnail image needs to make people go, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, the title fills in a bit more of a gap. I'll click and watch. That's kind of what ranking is, you know, and then you get more suggested views and things like that too. There's, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of people just constantly trying to out, you know, get better SEO on YouTube yeah. and it just won't do anything. You can rank a video that is amazing with very little SEO. You can't rank crap. 
with tons. <laughs> so focus on content. Yeah. Oh, well, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense then, to be fair. I think a lot of people do focus on um, perhaps the short-term tactics, I guess, as opposed to the... Um, the the yeah the longer term strategy because i've always thought that whether it's seo in terms of video on youtube or whether it was seo on like websites or anything like that um for all that keywords and all that sort of stuff like you've said tags more or less just tells youtube what category it's in i've always thought that surely enough it's the content itself and like i don't know one one actually massive example is the joe rogan podcast right now for all that obviously provides a huge amount of value when you watch his clips they're not necessarily edited well they're not edited at all actually are they really it's just the fact that's the conversation and like you say, the title, Joe Rogan's opinion on COVID, Trump, Jeremy yeah. Corbyn, whatever it is. Um, I, I mean, I watch one Joe Rogan video and literally it is just, isn't it? Like suggested Three. content on the side um, yeah. with all these different micro clips. And it's never really, or not often the full episode. It is just literally these huge talking points that in, he posts the video a day after X event happens. Um, and you, you kind of help but click on it. The thumbnail... I, talk about this in a, in a not in a pod on a one of these podcast episodes but a previous video where someone was asking about thumbnails it's like yes they play obviously a massive part in telling you what the video is but if you look at someone like joe rogan's they don't in terms of design like i'm talking about they don't whoever it is it's not obviously him would it be jamie i don't know i'm sure he says that he does a little bit of um help on that side of stuff they're not necessarily the thumbnails aren't it's just literally joe the guest and then maybe an image of whatever subject it is in the middle there's never yeah. really it's just consistent, isn't it? It's like it's you recognise it straight away. You know it's a clip from Joe Rogan. You can't help but click on it because you yeah. want to hear someone's opinion or debate or argument or whatever it is. And the titles... Because lots of people like yourself seeing it, mm-hmm. clicking it, watching yeah. it for a good amount of time, it just sends more and more to them. Uh, it just yeah. gives them what they want. Uh, absolutely. Basically. The descriptions in them, there's never... It doesn't even link to here, listen to on Spotify. Like I've never seen anything like that. It is purely just the content itself. Oh, so yeah. anyways... Yeah. I could show examples of um, some videos during lockdown that was six months old, had no SEO at all, just a title, literally nothing else that blew up out of nowhere because no one else has made anything on it really suddenly became a trend. And the watch time was so good. It just got suggested like on mass and just blew up channels and it had nothing to do with any SEO at all. It was just the content. Well, there we are. Content wins overall. Which is annoying because it's way harder to make good content than it is to do good SEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what, I guess that what, that's what makes the difference though, isn't it? And I, and I think uh, the consistency is probably tying into that. Um, should we have the debate on, yeah. on, on quality versus quantity? But I guess consistency um, is, the, is the more important thing because it can be a lot of money spent by businesses. I or a lot both. Of, yeah, both, yeah. It's got so competitive now. You just need to turn up all the time with the best stuff you possibly can. Which is, um, which is not easy, but you know that's 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 the way to do it. Exactly. I think a lot of businesses, when they they get started, um, perhaps what I've seen, especially in the corporate world, there's like seventy grand spent on X video that's going to be used on TV, and it's like just sling it on YouTube and hope that it and hope that it does well, yeah. as if anybody's searching for X TV ad doesn't happen at oh, all. It's usually, but you tend to find businesses use YouTube as a place just to put a video because they've had one made. It's not yeah. necessarily, mm-hmm. they just like, oh, I'll just put it on there. And what was that? What, what, what's funny is it's mainly SEO, bad SEO people. But like, but yeah, if you put a YouTube video on YouTube, it will help your website rank. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like embed the YouTube video on your website, which actually does more damage than good SEO a lot of the time. Cause when you embed a YouTube video, it completely drops your, page speed load speed a lot mm, yeah <laughs> so there's yeah. this like myth of youtube videos really good for your seo um it just isn't um it, it is 
in certain ways and you can rank a blog mm. in a video section if you embed a video mm-hmm. but that has almost carried over to youtube and there's a lot of confusion and businesses just don't get that um, yeah which is fair enough there's a lot to know <laughs> yeah well, that's it yeah i imagine at one once upon a time that might have actually been the case but yeah, i guess was. yeah 10 year ago maybe before uh or probably even more than that what 15 year ago youtube came about when those those links were kind of like simple enough to see it's i mean you've mentioned pods kind of why it ruined the channel i do not get what goes through people's minds to think that they can outsmart a billion well whatever linked is i'm sure it's a billion dollar business yeah. social media platform with algorithms that people can't even comprehend simply by going onto someone's page and going great post on their latest status as if that is gonna game the algorithm like i don't i don't i don't get it i don't get how people compute well, that that can, that can think, work did you post this because so instagram's quite good if the same people keep commenting yeah 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 mate I, I i have the same three i have the same three points to make on every single one of my posts so i've i've posted this i don't know how many times already <laughs> I, can't, but, I saw yeah. a carousel about it's gonna if it's the same people posting it will just start shutting down your post oh i didn't do reach. it in, i didn't do it in a carousel oh, did it no, I didn't do it in a carousel. That would have been oh, someone, someone who did. puts a bit Same more time Instagram, into their... Uh, but yeah. Same people consistently in groups comment. Eventually, they just drop the reach because it's obvious what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but like, if you look at the way an algorithm works, if I go on to... I mean, I've started getting into the F1 at the start of lockdown, right? And that actually came from through the Netflix um, uh, series that they did, right? On the, on the last yeah. couple of seasons. Started watching that. I followed one racing driver. I followed Charles Leclerc because I wanted to see his post. He moved to Ferrari. I thought I'd follow that suggested max verstappen lewis hamilton all the other racers all the other teams and all that sort of stuff now because i followed that and this is on my drum channel by the way of which i follow about 500 different drummers all that i say on my feed is f1 right um there's a point that i'm going to make and i'm going to try not to lose it because i've engaged with that content commented on it liked it shared it whatever it is like that's the way an algorithm works it's the way an algorithm's meant to work so when people think that because they're posting things and buy our product on Facebook and no one's seeing it, that the algorithm's against them or against them if you're not a horrible little Geordie. Um I don't <laughs> I don't understand like I just I just don't understand why it's it's simple enough to understand. It will show people content that they want to consume. So I just to think that you can to think that you can game it or beat it in some sort of way. Like the the, the algorithms at Facebook, like People don't even people in Facebook don't even know how those how those work. Do you really think that paying like ninety seven quid a month to be part of a pod on LinkedIn is gonna is gonna do the the I job? They do you know off what I mean? The algorithms in Facebook, you just have to pay. Well, yeah, well, pretty, yeah, exactly, yeah, pretty much. But that they just but, went stuff it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one even uses it anymore anyway. Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, I'm I'm starting to use it less and less, and I actually find I'm on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Start again. Start that again. Facebook less. LinkedIn more. Um, and then finding myself back onto to YouTube quite a bit more as well, um, just through the nature, the affinity racing thing. I'm starting to follow a lot more people in different, um, like around the ra- around the race and stuff, basically. And they're on YouTube yeah. more than they are anything else. So I'm finding myself that they're pulling me across to those platforms. And my homepage when I go onto YouTube's changed completely again. I'm following more F1 stuff, trying to watch all the dodgy F1 race streams that people have put up from you know like 2007, some of the classic races, whatever. <laughs> and that and and that's on my i'd still signed in on my drum account again subscribed to hundreds of drummers i don't see any of that anymore because i'm just just watching the f1 that's it doing no work feeding your obsession but that's the th- exactly that's the thing like I, I i would be interested to know uh whether i would have watched f1 as much as i have done if i hadn't have followed like that first racing driver on instagram 
or followed the F1 page on Instagram because it's just, I see so much of it. I sit and watch the practice session. This is on a Friday. I don't do any more client work on a Friday. I'm like, no, I'm written. I do my own work on a Friday. And then it's like 10 o'clock till 12, the first practice session. And then another one in the afternoon. I sit and watch all the coverage. And there's still stuff on Instagram where it'll be like behind the summit behind the scenes that you wouldn't have seen or that, you know, like the radio talks. I don't know if you're a fan of F1 or if I'm totally boring you at this point. But like starting to see all of that and you just, you, you, you follow the Sky Sports channel and you're kind of at this level. And then you just feel as if you've got deeper and deeper and deeper into this <laughs> into this never-ending rabbit hole um, through the content, and I think it's it's absolutely hooked me on it this season. Um, so well done, F one, I guess, is the long-winded yeah. the long-winded well, point of that. Kind of an argument for it. If you can do that with your business and get someone stuck in a rabbit hole where they can't stop watching your stuff, you're onto a winner. I, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a long-winded rant. But anyway, content always wins. I think was the um, was the overarching message of that one, wasn't it? Um, Quick fire round, you'll be glad to know we're about to wrap up, uh, or we're soon to be wrapping up. Okay. Um, so yeah, three actionable tips, if you have any, for people to improve their YouTube channel today to make a start that they can that they can employ immediately. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I think the first one I already said, and that was um, get your content better, because that's really all it is about. There's nothing else to it. Just work out how to make... I hate it as advice, because there's so much you need to do to make better videos. But I think if it was me... And it is me. <laughs> um, write. No one wants to write ever. I write every script word for word. I've written about a million words in the last two years. I've got all the scripts saved. I can turn to blog posts. But by writing, wow. you make your content focused. You're not just standing in front of a camera, jabbering on, going off on tangents, realizing you have to cut things out. And I tested this recently. It took me five times longer to film and edit a video I hadn't written. So... The, for me, video is writing at the end of the day, and then it's just someone presenting what is written. And it's the easiest way to get comfortable on camera and to cut rubbish and just to make better video. So that's the first tip. If you're new to this, no matter how much you want to write. I'd say the second thing is get good at graphic design. So we didn't really touch on this too much, but because of the thumbnails are very powerful and a very important part of driving people to your content. So it's not only a case of working out you know, search terms like we spoke about earlier. It's more how to visually stick out and you've got to bear in mind that when you do appear on a homepage, you're not just appearing against other people answering the same questions you're up against pewdiepie you may have a hundred million followers yeah. you're up against all these people you watch over time and your thumbnails need to stick out amongst that because a lot of the title doesn't even show so it's a really important part of youtube and getting seen think of it as a film poster that needs to stop someone as they're walking past um, I did some like online graphic design courses that were really helpful. And then wow. I'd say another another tip really is just to accept that your first 100 videos probably aren't going to be that great. <laughs> and, and just to accept that and to learn from it and keep trying to get better and better because, you know, I was, I was four years into owning a production company. I didn't take the time to make my videos properly. It was only this year when I suddenly decided to put more effort into it did our growth accelerate significantly? So you kind of have to have make rubbish to start off with. Don't try and be perfect there, mm -hmm. but just progress. Makes sense. There we are then. Who is your favorite uh, content creator on any platform? Ooh. I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, I, I watch a lot of random stuff. It's probably 
I watch a lot of educational stuff, but I mm. sort of dip in and dip out. And it used to be a lot of guitarists. So I used to play the guitar a lot. That was when right, YouTube yeah. first started. Yeah. I'm trying to think of creators that I watch that sort of lead the way for me. I'd say Chris Do. Do you know him from the future? No, I don't think so. So he, think he's, so. Um, to me, oh, he's uh, like... The, f the future, is that a channel? I'm sure I recognize that. Yeah, for yeah. graphic designers. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know him by name, but I know that I do know the channels. Yeah, so I, I do know who you mean. Yes. To, to me, he's just, there's a lot of, um, I'd say, not necessarily not credible. There's a lot of people who are manipulative and they know how to get views and the information and the way that they put it out is, again, like I said, all based around fear of missing out. And that's what drives people to watch more of their content because it makes them feel uncomfortable rather than it makes them feel good. Yeah. Chris Dew is the opposite. Like he just talks sense. There's no ulterior motive. It's all very genuine. He's kind of like a Seth Godin character. He's chilled. You know, he's not shouting in your face, got to do this, got to do this sort of thing. Um, and I'd say he's the best sort of business advice YouTube channel going, mm. um, even if you're not a creative. Yeah, I've, I've found a lot of, I've actually, yeah, I, I know the, the channel, like I say, I just didn't know him by name, but actually consumed quite a bit of his um, stuff, uh, the, the, especially a lot around like the pricing side of things and what, it, what the, like yeah. the, the, the best one I think is probably, I'd be surprised if it isn't his most uh, uh, watched or popular video. It talks about the value of the Nike tick. And it could have, you know, taken you three seconds to scribble that down on a napkin. But that is a that is a an image or a, a piece of artwork that is worth billions to Nike or Nike. Um, yeah. So yeah, like the, the the value of the value of art, I guess, um, or design in terms of marketing. Um, yeah, he's excellent. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Uh, favorite social media platform? I don't really need to ask that one, do I? YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> favorite to create and consume, or different. But yeah, both. Yeah, I don't like the other platforms at all. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Least least favorite platform then. That'd be an interesting one. Out of all the ones that you hate, which do you hate the most? Probably Facebook. Um, I don't even know what it's become. You go on there and you're just like, what is this? It's just like, it, it's like you've fallen into a newspaper in the for sale section. You know where people are selling like old boots. <laughs> And then you've got a letter there from some neighbor who's whinging because someone parked funny on her drive. And it's like, you're, it's like you're stuck in a local newspaper that is just awful and badly written and just angry. And I hate it. <laughs> and but at the same time, the newspaper is selling your data and monetizing you and like, rigging elections. <laughs> So I love it. I honestly don't I think it's it. going to stay around forever. Yeah, I don't think, I think they've got such a, I feel a little bit sorry for Facebook in the sense that they can't seem to do anything right. The Cambridge Analytica was obviously um, a, a, an issue for a, an issue for a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, like I was talking about Matt, uh, talking to Matt Webster about this on the last um, the last episode, and like, yeah, it's just became Kevin Bridges summed it up. I don't know if you're a fan of him. Kevin Bridges, comedian, says that um, Facebook is like he never realised that Facebook would become a place where he realised he hated his auntie. <laughs> like that like you hate your aunties and like <laughs> relatives <laughs> just posting like you know whether whether i mean a lot of it for me at the moment is obviously politics on there um of of both sides and just getting into to any number was, of arguments it was great because it connected the world and like i felt like when i left school it was, it was perfect timing we all stayed in touch as a result mm. and then it just became like a way to try and show off and then it, just, I, it was when they took away the poke i feel like it changed after they removed the poke <laughs> <laughs> It's never been the same. It basically since. was 
everyone's version of Tinder yeah. before Tinder. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you get like a young lady's attention <laughs> by poking her. And if she poked back, it was like a match. Yeah. <laughs> love it. It's never been the same since for you then. No. <laughs> Tremendous. Well, on that, I've got Room 101. This is a little feature that came off uh, off the back of Tom Hitch's episode. Room 101 of social media. What would you get rid of? Platform or, or a feature of a platform? What would you bin off um, and never see again? I'd get rid of... I'd just get rid of Facebook. Yeah. Just all together. We need it. Yeah. It's Fair amazing enough. as an advertiser what you can do. Mm. And, and there's a lot of people who really rely on it and get amazing results. To me, that's not the problem. I think it's just the people that have gravitated to it <laughs> don't seem yeah. to have much better to do than cause problems and say horrible things. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Fair enough. Best or favourite piece of content you have consumed this week? I watched a video by Daryl Eaves, who's like a YouTube guru. And he was the one who got me into it like years ago. And he hasn't done anything for ages. I went back and watched some of his old stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's just got a really good way of um, referencing things that just seem to come at the right time. And you're like, ah, yeah. And suddenly things start to click. And he also has a really, really, really deep understanding of it. He works with Mr. Beast. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, he's growing like crazy and he makes so much money. Um, and he goes through what they do to make it work. And it's like, oh, and it's just, I, I went back and watched some of his old stuff and I was like, suddenly all this information I'd picked up made a lot more sense. Mm. So um, yeah. Daryl Eaves is one to check out. Fair play. Love it. Favorite piece of content of all time ever? Uh, probably that, Matrix. I'm gonna say, uh, oh, no, I was just going to say, Matt Webster, Matt Webster gave a, gave a film and I'm, I'm going to ban the, I'm going to ban films as being the answer, but you got it in before I, uh, I set the rules. Yeah. Favorite, <laughs> Sorry. favorite piece of content of all time on social media. On social media, does that include YouTube? As in, like, I, I, a... I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would class YouTubers. Yeah, it's going to be something that's just completely stupid. Definitely. Fair um, enough. If it's your favorite, I don't know. This is too hard. I, I, I can't think of a. <laughs> I can't think of one that's my favourite. Can we come back to that one? Because I, I, I know that was that was the, that was the last one. That was the last one. The so last one. Uh, there okay, we are. It's it's fine. It's, I'll put the disclaimer in um, for Ed that I sent the the questions and kind of these notes about twenty minutes before we actually started this, so he hasn't had much time to <laughs> to even prepare for okay, all that. It's so. okay. I've remembered it. Go on. Go on. Um, it's just a it's a video of a father and son. Father's probably about my age, driving in a car, um, and anti up comes on you know by mop you've ever heard that yeah. really i mean used to, that song used to get banned in all the nightclubs by us because everyone used to fight and yeah. the kids eating cornflakes in the front seat and it comes on and the dad just goes for it and he slams the cornflakes and his son says he's like grabbing him uh yeah i could watch that I've forever seen, i've seen that video i know which one you mean i've got two questions about that one why is a kid eating cornflakes on his way to what i presume is school um and i don't i forget what the second one was my uncle actually started doing that when uh we're, we're all a, a big uh heavy metal fans and like and like the, the heavy metal stuff so whenever there's breakdowns and stuff comes on he does exactly that and he did that to my cousin uh in the in the car and yeah absolutely hilarious after off the back of seeing that video i, I say if I I that one, that's a good it's one the kid's it's, face yeah, like, the look yeah, of yeah, shock yeah. That what my dad has just amused <laughs> me in the car <laughs> it's like cornflakes <laughs> everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh, the second part. I would love to know if it was set up or if it is genuinely real. I'd love to know her, but maybe that maybe that ruins the um 
what is it? You should never show the fourth wall. Maybe that might ruin it. I still find it amusing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, there we are, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure to waste one hour and 19 minutes of your afternoon. Um, I'm going to thank you very much. And if you would care to no sign worries. off with uh, any social handles and where people can find you and all that good stuff. I know YouTube's the answer. but um, Just type you... in business film booth. Um, Lovely stuff. Anywhere. <laughs> online that'll search do. engine based that'll do um yeah and you'll Lovely find stuff us actually should we should YouTube. we plug to sign off should we plug the um the graphics uh pack actually i'll put the i'll put the website to it in oh the, yeah uh, you bought that didn't you? i did but well funny enough actually i just realized that yeah that was how i actually found you and it was dan Knowlton that liked or commented on your post yeah, yeah, that yeah, advertised yeah, yeah. that um and yeah i thought that i thought that pack was awesome um so well worth it. So I'll hand it over to you. You can you can plug that for, uh, if just, you like. Um, I mentioned earlier how I just sort of throw my YouTube videos on LinkedIn. Um, I don't cut them down or anything, but Square Video works way better on social media. But it's also a pain to edit a video into a Square. I don't think it looks very good. So just made some frames that you put in your editing software and basically drop a regular shaped video into it. It turns your video into a Square and you put the title at the top and subtitles at the bottom. And I designed about 100 just to make it stick out. And they do stick out a lot more on LinkedIn when you use them like that. And it's just a quick fix to sort of, yeah, get people to stop scrolling, really. Um, endorsed by yourself. Endorsed by me. <laughs> I, can't uh, be that yeah, yeah, exactly. Mate, honestly, I thought they were absolutely awesome. They were like, save a lot of time. Because like I say, I was doing a lot of those actually like manually. Um, and the, the paper tear one that's in there, um, I do remember creating that on a post, which I struggled to find. I think you actually asked to see it and I couldn't, I couldn't find where yeah, it was. Yeah, but I, I, do, I do remember spending ages trying to like manually make that to find an actual png image obviously because we're all we're, we're obviously ripping it off google or I, I was obviously ripping it off google uh to find an actual png that worked well enough to to put over the top of it yeah and it was just an absolute nightmare i did try i wanted to have it animated where it actually ripped off and the title would cut anyways yeah i thought about animating them and then realized it's a bigger file and a lot more work yeah, I went against uh, that. Yeah, it's called exactly. the Underdog Collective. The Underdog Collective. There we are. But yeah, it's only, it, was, it was only what was it nine nine ninety nine? Ten, yeah, ten quid. Makes the perfect Christmas gift. It does perfect <laughs> Christmas gift. That, oh mate, this is not going to be edited before Christmas. No other Christmas way to tell your wife that you love her <laughs> than with a PNG file. <laughs> If only this was going to be edited before Christmas. I know what I'm like. Maybe it'll be edited yeah, for Christmas yeah. 2021. Birthdays. Birthdays. Um, Easter. Halloween. Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute perfect gift. Well, it is if you're a creator. It'll be 10 quid well spent. I can guarantee that much. Um, very, very helpful for a little bit of, like I say, my little micro bits of content. Um, similar to what you do to just be able to drop them in and, and get some more stuff turned around quickly is um, is always a big help, isn't yeah. it? So there we are. Job is a good one. Definitely let you go this time, mate. We'll do a little fake All right. sign off and then I'll sort getting some files off you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, job's a good one. So hopefully cool. everybody liked that episode. I certainly did. Um, <laughs> well, I say everybody. Hopefully you liked it, Martin. Fingers crossed. Um, like, comment, share, subscribe. All that good stuff that YouTubers say. And uh, yeah, I shall see you in the next episode. Yeah.